certainly glad that you've come this way today. With all the places you could have been and all the churches you've passed, we want you to know that we're glad that you're in the house with us today. Amen. You ladies, if it's any way possible, you can. Sister Dot, when are you going to do that? Y'all just let her know what she does. She, uh, I went with her one day there. She does intensive care at the hospital, down there in intensive care, waiting room, uh, about once a month or whatever. She's doing a, 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 a soup and, and cake and, and feed. She's feeding all the folks in the ICU. So if some of you ladies want to help her do that, she's asked if some of you ladies want to be a part of that ministry and do that, uh, let her know. And Sister Dot, if you don't get any response on that, right after I have a heart attack, I'll help you myself. Uh, I preached on banana pudding one time, Sister Dot, here, and I had seven banana puddings the next morning. So it ain't no doubt in my mind that you're going to get some help, but I'd be delighted. I don't mind cooking. Me and Brother Charlie whoop that right up when we're Brother Charlie. We'd find a way. But you ladies, if you want to be a part of that and I see you, you make sure you do that. This morning we was uh, on this verse uh, last Wednesday night and what a great time that we've had. And uh, I really, really wanted to preach again. I thought this morning right before service time that God wasn't going to allow me to. But it seemed like to me the Spirit of the Lord overcame that. And this is the verse right here that uh, sometimes we don't understand. We, we don't think uh, heavenly. Uh, all we've got our mind on is right now, what's going on right now. I don't know of anything, I don't know of any business that can sustain and stay in business if all you're thinking about is right now and right today. I, I don't know of any, any other thing, your family and all that's going on. You, you can't treat your kids like they're still in baby diapers. I don't know if anything can prosper in life and make it for long if all you can think about is just right now. Now, if you're here lost today, that's the way we think. That are lost. All we can think about is what's going on right now. We think about if we're going to maybe live, you know, however long. We, we, we put that, that day of, of, of leaving, and I, 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 I'm speaking that way because we that are in Christ, it's just a leaving from here to go to a place that ain't no suffering, no heartaches. It's a place, if you don't know about it, it's called heaven. It's a place that was prepared for everyone that's breathing. Everyone that has breath, it's a place that was prepared for you. That place, awful place called hell that nobody wants to talk about, it was not prepared for you. It, it, I mean, it's going to take the Bible, said the fool says in his heart that he is no God. So hell was not prepared for you at all. He, he said in John 14, even in a time at a funeral, he said, listen, whatever's going on in this life, and I've got verses to back it up in a minute. Whatever's going on in this life, whatever that's bothering you in this life, whatever that's troubling you in this life, whatever you think ought to be better in this life, he said, hold on a minute. Just hold on a minute. It said, let not your heart be troubled. That would be to me. He spoke to me this morning like, just hold on a minute. It's going to get better. <laughs> You're going to get to be with the Lord. You're going to get to be with all your loved ones that knew the Lord. All those that's gone on, all your cousins that knew the Lord. All the folks that you worked around that knew the Lord. I mean, I made a note on a piece of paper this morning just a man told me one time, old man, old preacher man said, write it down, you might remember it. So I did recall it. I want to say to you this morning that you can have these 80 years. I'll take the 8 million. You can have this time here that the Bible says it's just a vapor. Seems like no time. A lot of y'all, y'all reminisce about things in high school. You reminisce about in the 20s when, when you was at a wild time or whatever you was doing, just trying to get there, trying to figure out life. Some of you really can relate to that. But now that we've come to know Jesus, we realize that this life here, the Bible said it's just a vapor. It's like the steam that comes off before it ever gets to the vanhood. Compared to glory, it's just nothing. It's nothing. So what are we doing at church today? 
Well, first of all, we being reminded us that are saved. The ones that aren't saved, we're, we're trying our best to get you in. But why I'm going to preach this verse this morning, because there's somebody that loves you that's trying his best. And this verse is going to work two ways. It's going to work for the saved person. To let you realize, look here, all things that we go through in life, all things. It don't say some things, it says all things. You're going to have to get over it. You're going to have to get over yourself. You're going to have to get over what you think. It said for all things. Where in the world will we be as a country today if it wasn't for tragedies that happened, that brought things back in focus? For deaths that happens that bring things back in focus. For, for times that we go through that we need somebody else and we need the Lord and we, we had got away from that. But it's through those things that brings us back to where God wants us to be. It's some things that I wrote down before I even read the verse. You can get a pen and paper out later while we're going through these things. I want to go on and say these things. His love. God's love. Is a pure love. It's pure in the fact that he will do whatever it takes to let you know that he loves you. Amen. Now, some folks, they got saved in early age to a vacation Bible school or something. Man, I wish I was one of them. I, I wasn't. I didn't get saved. I was 27. But God's going to do whatever he, he'll bless you first. Really, he wants to be easy on you. He really thinks, don't you think sometime in raising children, if I just love them, if I just show them that I love them, I mean, they'll just always know I love them. They'll not want to hurt my feelings. They'll not want to go another way. If I just show them that I love them, how many of y'all just knocked yourself out to show your children that you loved them? Can I tell this, Bobby? I remember being in Bobby's driveway he got a sweet daughter named Suzanne. And I remember he bought her a Corvette. And his, and his wife said, well, Bobby, where do we go from here? He said, I'm going to buy her another one. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to do as, as parents. We, we're trying to show our children that we love them. God sent his only begotten son that's more than any Corvettes. All the Corvettes and the Corvettes factory and all the money and all the things could be bought in this world could not buy you eternal life. So you go through this life, if you don't have a sickness or whatever, you're going to live a few years in this life. But through this life, you're going to have some hurts in it and you're going to have some things that you're going to go through. And when it comes to the end of this life, I promise you, if you know the Lord, you're going to be looking forward to getting on the other side. I can't tell you the folks that I've, that I've sat with and been right there at the point of death and they grab your hand and they say, I want to go. Right. Gary Stanfield, a cowboy friend of mine, he said, man, I want to go. I was there when he was talking to the nurse. He was asking her to do something that she couldn't do. He said, I want to go. Yeah. The Bible said, eyes ain't never seen. Ears never heard. Never has the inner heart of man what God has in store for those that love him. But I tell you what, when you get close to that door and you have the Holy Spirit inside, you'll know that there's a peephole. The Bible said for the spirit will reveal to you how good heaven is. And I don't know about you. It ain't about this world right here. It's about heaven, making heaven your home. Give God a hand clap. Let me read the verse for our going to Father. I tried to preach this other night and that we got him away. <laughs> it said, and we know. We don't guess. We don't worry. We know. We know. How many of y'all been through some tough, tough stuff? And you thought, boy, I wonder what God is trying to teach me right here. And then how many of you went through some tough stuff and you'll have to, you'll have to absolutely say that I'm a better person today for what I went through. I'm a better person today. Boy, I'd be prideful. I wouldn't know how to, how to share with somebody. If you've got somebody in your family close to you that you lost, then you know the feelings of that person. You say, man, it was tough at the time. But brother, I, I got to say that I wouldn't even have a clue about life 
If you never had a trouble with a child, look here, that you could just prove to them, really, that I love you. I really love you. I mean, I'm not going to throw you away. I mean, and then you understood and you weren't prideful as a parent to tell everybody else about their children. It made you a better person. You went through a sickness in life. I promise you, it made you a better person. You went through a hurt. You went through something. It made you a better person. Sometimes you can look around you. You can hear and you can see that people don't appreciate the Lord. They, the Bible said they're tossed to and fro with any wind of doctrine. They're like a ship that don't have a sail in a way. That's what's going on. And why? Because maybe they're not God's children. Because when you become God's children, he does whatever he has to do to make you understand his love. You say, no, I don't think that's right. Well, I'm going to tell you when it's going to come crystal clear to you. The Bible said there's coming a day that every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord. You're going to understand to look here that your buddy down the street, your guy you hung out with, that one you called your closest friend really didn't love you. If he loves you, he'd have told you about this heaven. He'd have told you about this Jesus. He'd have told you about this grace. He'd have told you, look here, this life ain't what it's all about. If he really loved you, and you're going to look in the face of Jesus on your knees, and you're going to say, you're Lord. You love me. Look here. It said, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Man, that's a hard thing to get a hold of. God's, his love is pure love. I remember a couple, they, they here with me today and they met with me one day and, I, and they, uh, they, they were struggling. And I said, well, I don't know what I'm doing to help them, but I'm just going to be here to try to help them. And, and what the situation was is I got saying, well, I guess, you know, I want to start it off and throw us men on the bus First thing I said, well, just sometimes us husbands, we just don't, we just don't do right. You know, and y'all have to do all that work around the house. And, and she said, I don't do the work around the house. I said, whoa, whoa. Yeah, y'all have to cut the grass. I don't cut no grass. You have to wash the garbage. You done worked hard all day. Got to wash the clothes. She said, I don't wash no clothes. I said, well, you got to get supper ready. She said, I don't never cook supper. Well, I thought, I'm not doing another one of these again. <laughs> I said, what? She said, oh, no. He does all that, packs of lunch for the children, got the clothes laid out. I mean, he works a different shift. He just wants to do all that. And I'm thinking, why in the world are we sitting here? What is, what is going on? All right. And so the wife told me, sweet, the sweet folks, she said, well, the issue is, and we just got to get this fixed. I'm like, what could it be? She said, well, we... We decided we was going to discipline our child. And we agreed on the discipline, what it was going to be. And lo and behold, it didn't come out yesterday, and he done backed out of the deal. He didn't let our daughter, he didn't let our daughter have her way, the very thing that we took for, we was going to ground her, Brother Eddie, and he has backed out of the deal. I said, surely that can't be it. I mean, I'm expecting a world worse situation and a problem. He's backed out of the deal. He, he gave in. That's where you and I raise children. We say, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you what ain't going to happen. That cell phone's gone. Son, they'll put them eyes on you. Man, one of y'all going to cave in, going to say, look, I, you know, what if? <laughs> I mean, it'll, it'll make a loving mom and daddy lie. You know, well, what if they get out there and need us or something? You know, they, they want to tell, I mean, we know how to work at things. So I said, oh, you, now we done put our foot down here. We done said what was going on. That's what we do. It's parents. But see, we've got a God that knows what we need. And sometimes what he does, he, when he makes up his mind that he's got to show us that he loves us, sometimes it's not comfortable. So the first thing, he, he's got a pure love in the fact he don't, he don't give ground to it. He just kind of keeps it on us. I don't know, y'all may be a whole lot better person than me. It's been not just one time in my life, 
But it's been a lot of times in my life I said, okay, God, I know for a fact you're talking to me. <laughs> I mean, you, you're, in a, you're in a church service one time, maybe a preacher hammers on it, maybe this Lord speaks to you about it. You say, well, I, you know, don't you remember when you was lost? And old preacher got up there and preached about all the sorry deacons and all the sorry preachers. And you said, you went and told that all week like, boy, he got them today. <laughs> but what about when that same thing happens and ain't but just 10 of you in the room? What about when that same thing happens and ain't but you in the room? You say, okay, Lord, you're talking to me. It's me. It's been more times in my life a little bit that God just kept on because he loved me. Because he loved me. He, he kept on. Because he loved me. He kept on. Ain't you glad he got your attention? Brother Leon, you can remember. William, you can remember. I'll tell the story one more time. And I wasn't exactly doing good myself. Went over to Brother Leon's house. He wasn't doing no good. Here come Brother William. He was doing worse than all, both of us. I mean, he even said he was so bad down. William was. He, he wasn't talking about a little nail up there. He didn't feel like I'd just been hung on that nail. I said, well, look at we got to go to church. Well, I knew about a maximum man deal was going on in Inglewood Baptist and, and Jackson. Brother Gary Taylor gets that together. So I, I wanted to go anyway. I said, look like, look like we all need to go. Lord, when we got up there, John Bramley was there. I think the guy's name. Is that is it? John Bramley? Big old hand, football coach. Man, he went to hammering on us men. Man, he went to tell us how sorry and low down we was. He said, you know that problem you got, it's your fault. And one thing he told about, it, he said, you don't know how to raise children. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know how to train them. You, you, you're giving up on your training. You, you, it's your fault. You, you're the one. You're the one. And boy, they just hammers. Well, we was all three right there in that deal. And he was hitting us. I, I looked at him. I said, y'all getting in this? They had their head down like, man, this hammering. Look here. It wasn't long. We had a breakout deal. That means you go to another class. And you got a whole lot of teachers. Maybe you'll have 12 folks, 12 preachers doing 12 different classes. You know who all three of us got? That same man. <laughs> man, he was, jam he was jamming us. He whooped us to death. And when we left her, we realized that our children, the reason why they that, we might as well face the fact it was our fault. I remember going to Brother Jason's house one day and uh, they were having a little spat. And I walked in the door and I, I made it real short. I said, Brother Jason, what you going to do about it? He said, all. Didn't you? He said, all. Huh. That's all my fault. He's walking off. He said, all. I said, well, you the man. <laughs> you the man. See, I've been, I'm just passing on what I got. I was... You know how I knew to tell him that? Because somebody told me the same thing. You in charge? I mean, surely if somebody come with a gun at the door, you ain't going to tell Dana, go get the door. I'm running in the closet. Boy, ain't that somehow we want to lay the blame? I, I just don't know. I, I, don't know what, I don't know what my child's problem is. I, I just don't know why. See, see how we mess things up? See how we just mess it up and we want to lay the blame on everybody else? I come to tell you this morning, I don't know how hard I'm going to get on this message. I'm going to tell you something. God ain't like that. He's going to get your attention. You can like it, lump it. You can do anything you want to do. You you just say, I don't see why. You'll see why one day. You'll see that he loves you. So his love is a pure love. His love ain't a love wondering if I do this, they won't never come see me no more. You know how many parents like, I don't know if we're too hard on them. They might not never come and visit me no more. When I get old, they may put rat poison in my. His love is a pure love. Pure in the fact he'll do whatever he's got to do. He's not going to spoil you. He'll bless you. Because he's blessed you so much, there ought to be enough anymore. And, and I wrote a title, how much more of God's love do you need? How much more of his love do you need when you, I mean, every good and perfect gift comes from above. The sunshine comes from above. The rain comes from above. If you're driving a vehicle, it came from above. God gave you the oxen. God gave you the lead. God gave you the eyes. God gave you everything you got. It comes from above. For we know, we know, Christians, 
We know, we know for sure that all things work together for the good. God don't spoil it. How much more do you know, do you, do you need? We, we need more of God's grace. We, we do need that grace. We, we need his love. That's, you may be here today and you say, I was raised in church and I did all these things. The Bible says many is going to come to me that day and say, Lord, Lord, I had I done all these things. But actually, let me tell you about God's love. When I was lost without Christ, you know what grace was? It was God's riches at Christ's expense. But it was his loving hand, Beverly, that held me like a spider web right over hell. I didn't deserve that hand to be there. I didn't deserve that love to be there, just like we as children had done so much when I was a child at Royal Rangers, we call it in a church, this old man, he probably was younger than me today. Me and Bobby were talking about the other day, how we talk about, I remember that old man when I was a little boy, that, that old man, call them, them old men we knew was younger than we are today. <laughs> I'm still pushing out there, them old men. I made up my mind, the youth director, this church that I'm going to reach and grab these young guys that maybe right there at the end of high school, maybe then got out of high school, I'm grabbing them back in. The reason why I'm grabbing them back in, because we need some young men. You need to be coming to a church where some young men that I'm calling Brother Harrison and Brother Zach down here say, man, I need y'all to come down here. Let's, let's lay hands on these folks. I need you to see, look at that God's raising up a generation. God's hand. Boy, that's a loving hand that will hold you, that cradled you as a child when you was young. That's, that's a loving hand. God's hand's like that. But God's hand's all, already a hand that's going to, as we'll read it in a minute, it's going to chastise those that he loves. If you're in church and you've been born again, you know what? It's up to God to keep you there. Hello? Hello, I can cut this off anytime I get ready. Amen. I'm going to get paid just as much if I preach to you five minutes or 50. I didn't even have to sing, but I want to. Amen. I'm telling you, if you've been born of the Spirit of God, when you die, you'll be in church. God's going to make sure of it. He said, I'm not like no howling now. I, I, I'm a good shepherd. You gave your life to me. I want you to know I'm a good shepherd. Man, I remember being around a show enough cowboy and they got these dogs, you know, that'll go and we'd ride out there early on a frosty morning, Brother Harris, and he sent that dog out and Donald, that dog would go around two or three hundred cattle by itself. That gate was not about six or eight foot wide. I thought, ain't it a bigger gate? That dog would get around them cattle. That dog would nip at them, at them cows. I like, do we help? No, just sit still. That dog would go around and it would bring them right back in there, put them right in the arena right where he needed them. That's what that dog was trained to do. But I also seen the master of that dog. I also seen him when he told them dog to grab a holt. Because he knew, Brother Wayne, we'd be at this man's house a lot. He knew that there was going to be times that he was going to be all by himself. And he wasn't going to have a bunch of cowboys to help him. And he had to train that dog. And he had to make sure that that dog was in a way that it could do what it was prepared to do. Every one of us was born to praise Jesus. It said, if you don't do it, I'll use a rocks to cry out. And every one of us was, you, was born to be an instrument of God. Amen. Get over it. Amen. <laughs> now, I see sometimes, Brother Jason, he'll take the strings, plumb off. Them precious strings that he went to the, the store and he bought, he'll take them off. And they'll be thrown away. I see times that they grab them guitars and they tune them. Why? Because they've got out of tune. I want to tell you about the Lord. That, that same man had that dog that did that work. I've seen him put his foot on that dog's head, on that dog's throat. And I mean, he would talk to that dog. You would say, my word, he's being so mean to that dog. 
But I'm going to tell you something. When he got ready to use that dog, when he told him to grab a hold, it means I need you to grab at that heel of that calf. I need to let you know because look here, if one happens to go, go out, if just one gets away, just, just one of them gets away, the whole herd will be gone. You hadn't worked cattle. You hadn't worked cattle. If just one, Anthony, just one. All you need is just one, ain't it? Just one to get loose. I mean, you got them right there, boy, one gets loose. You reach over and grab them, that other and see that other, and they all go. That's what's wrong with the church today. We got folks that say they've been born again. They don't show up, but when they get ready, and you know what? Somebody's watching you say, well, well I tell you what, if he saved, if he can get by with it, if he can just come when he gets ready, I'd come when I get ready, and that'd be right if that's the way it was. But the Bible tells you, be ye steadfast. Grab hope. Unmovable. Means I'm going to be in my spot. Always abound. And look, at, I'm on top of what's going on in the things of the Lord. He said, inasmuch as you know that your labor is not in vain. All things work together for good. If you're here and you're a child of the king today, when you die, you'll be in church serving God. Or you don't have a good shepherd. You can run out of any kind of way you want to. I'm really trying my best to hurt your feelings. <laughs> I sure am. I'm trying my best to hurt your feelings. I won't hurt your feelings so, so bad that you'll go to another preacher somewhere and say, is he right? Is he right? Because I want you to come tell me his name where I can show him the scripture where it says I'm not like a hireling. I, I can't let you do what you want to do. I've got to do my part. I'm a good shepherd. He's such a good shepherd, he tells us about the ones that went around and, and they lost one. You try to do that in the church somewhere. One of y'all get to running off and I just get where I don't care about the 99. All y'all sitting there say, well, Brother Eddie ain't even been around. Wonder where he is. Says one old guy, one old guy started drinking again or something. He, he thinks he got to go out there and spend all his time with him. I seen him the other day. They just having a good time. No guy ain't no count. I don't know why that preacher spent all his time with him. <laughs> what about all of us? You got the Holy Spirit. See, you need more than a pastor. You need more than a good pastor. You need a Holy Spirit inside of you. You need a God that ain't going to spoil you. You need a God with some pure love that's going to keep you saved. All with glory. All things work together. How much more, how much more does God need to love you? We're going to try to get done. You won't understand the things that you go through now, but when you start getting spiritually and you look back on it, all oh, them hurts I went through, raising children, grandchildren, a sickness that's not going to make it, Doctor says he can't make it to morning. Oh, that hurt. Being in rooms with people that, I mean, I'm a church-going person. I, I got one of my children here. I'm in a smoke-filled room, and everybody's all tattooed up and teeth and rotted out of the mouth because they're on drugs, and they're the parents, and I'm saying, oh, what am I doing here? I was in that room. I was in that room so I could be in your room and I wouldn't be judgmental towards you. And I say, listen, I understand more than you think I understand. You ain't never been in a jam when it's your grandson, the doctor says he's going to die. You watch it when you tell the preacher he may not know. When you're talking to the pastor about his children, God's not going to call somebody to do nothing but what he don't let them go through things so they'll be equipped to know how. Somebody say amen. 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 So all things work together for the good. How much more do God need to love you? How much more? I want you to look at a verse in, in Matthew 18. He's going to put it up. Matthew 18, chapter 8. We'll be trying our best to close out. Y'all are good folks to preach to right here. Matthew chapter 8. 
18, I said, didn't I? I was going to say, it ain't in eight and nine. <laughs> Done jumped over somewhere. <laughs> Matthew chapter 18 and verse 8. It said, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, <laughs> he said, cut them off. Now, ain't that something? For all things work together to good. What, what if you got something that's getting in your way from worshiping God? What if it's got something getting in your way where you don't know you need to be faithful? You don't need to have, the Bible said, putting your hands to the plow, but it, a lot of folks, they didn't got their hands to the plow, but what if the Bible said these things? said, that man that had his hand to the plow, when God took his hands off the world and put his hand on the plow, he said, that man that takes his hand just, just looks back just looked back. He said he's not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You know what that means to me? That man, all of a sudden, Jesus ain't enough no more. Jesus ain't enough no more. Man, it's got to be something you're doing. It's got to be something else. Jesus ain't enough. So let me read this. It said, wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. Get it away from you. It is better for thee to enter into life halted and maimed than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into everlasting fire. Now that's written in red. Jesus is talking. If thine eye offend thee, ain't that what gets us in trouble? Lust of the eye, lust of flesh, and pride of life. The Bible says that's what gets us in trouble. If thine eye offend thee, Jesus said, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It'd be better for thee to enter into life where with one eye than, than two eyes and be cast into hell. So therefore, we can see that, that God is real serious about loving you. Amen. Not only he's got pure love, but he's real serious about loving you. Right. He loves you to the point he's like, man, Lord, I'm having trouble with what I'm doing. I, I'm reaching for things I shouldn't be reaching for. I got my hands on things that I shouldn't have my hands on. on. I'm using these hands for things I shouldn't be using these hands for. He said, look, you need to get one of them off. You need to cut them off. You need to cut them off. Lord, I got my eyes. Look, on Sunday or whenever, when I'm supposed to have my eyes on the Lord, I, I ought to be thanking him. I ought to be lifting my eyes to the, to the hills which cometh thy help. I, my help coming from the Lord, my eyes don't look that way. I, I get to thinking about I done it. I get to get something. I'm looking up to me too much. I'm looking in the mirror like I've done it. He said, pluck them out. So God's real serious about his love. Amen. He's real serious about it. Look at 2 Corinthians. Just turn over there for just a minute. Let me, let me give you this verse about for all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord, the called according to his purpose. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's rewarding. God's love is rewarding. It's rewarding. I got another we for you. It says in chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And we know that if our earthly house or this tabernacle were dissolved, something happened to it. It said, We have a building of God, a house made with hands for 80 years in heaven, for 50 years in heaven. It's eternal <laughs> in the heavens. For in this we, we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that we, being found naked, shall not, if, we, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked, clothed with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Moving on, we, we think about, well, why don't we turn over here to Hebrews, if we can find it in our Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're almost done. All things work together for the good to them who love the Lord. All things, all things. Now, God loves the world. He, he's wanting them to come. Hebrews 12, oh, I love this verse about wherefore, verse 1, uh-uh, Hebrews 12, 1 said, wherefore, wherefore sin we are, Compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses looking down on us is what it said. So let us lay aside the weight 
lay aside the weight, the stuff that's getting you in trouble, the stuff that's waiting you down that you can't do what's going to have your eternal home and glory. He, he loves us enough that he's going to chastise us. Watch what it says. And the sin that so easily besets you. Lord, I can't get rid of it. And let us run. It don't say, well, you said, let us run with patience the race that is setting before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Don't we like to say once saved, always saved? <laughs> I'm in. Well, if you're in, you've got a heavenly father. If you're in, you've got a good shepherd. If you're in, you've got a Holy Spirit that's going to keep your tail in church. Don't worry about it. If you in, it's going to keep you serving God. If it's in, look here. The Bible said when you in, you won't be up under, you won't be up under a bushel no more as a little kid. So this little light of mine, he said, you'll be like a light sitting on a hill that everybody, when everybody comes to it, they'll know, look, it ain't no need to ask them about it. You want to ask them if they'll go? You want to ask them if they'll do this thing that Christians really don't do? You Ain't no need to ask them. Charlie Elrod remembers the day that we was on the river. What was Charlie? <laughs> Ain't no need asking him. I don't do that. I don't do that. I may have some other thing, but I don't do that. I don't do that. But boy, it got stormy. When that got storm come up, Charlie, we ain't gonna tell it all, Charlie. You was good that day too, matter of fact. So don't y'all be thinking bad of my buddy Charlie. <laughs> he wasn't in either. Even lost, he wasn't in. But look here. But I'm going to tell you something. That thing that they thought was so important, Brother David, <laughs> a storm came up. It got dark, and it was a barge going down that river. And that nice, nice boat that we was on, I mean nice, Cat Daddy nice. You know what I mean? Nice. All of a sudden, it wasn't that big no more. And that thing was going up, and it was hitting the bottom, and it was going up and hitting the bottom. And all of a sudden, right before that thing happened, Brother Sammy, when I seen that cloud coming, I went to ask him about the life jackets. I thought it was a good time. And I think someone said, uh, look at Brother Eddie, he must be scared. I don't just run to the church when I need something. I want to run before I need something. <laughs> I don't want to wait till the storm comes up that I say, Lord, Lord, I, I, I look at, I want to go on and get the life jacket with me today. I, I want him to ride down the road today with me if I ain't going to have a wreck. I want him to walk with me if I ain't got cancer. I want him to talk to me if I don't have a situation. I want him to be my life jacket. That thing that they wanted me to do, I said, well, if y'all don't want them life jackets when they went to making fun, I said, just give me all of them. <laughs> Son, I had six or eight on this arm. Six or eight had one on me. It was tight, but it was on me. <laughs> I had all them life jackets, Bobby. Look here, that cloud turned into a storm. They went to Holland. Give me one of them life jackets. But they used some adjectives in there. I thank you, Colin. They was really, yeah, they was describing, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, no, boys. I was a sissy, remember? Y'all just go on and pop a top. Oh, I didn't say it. I said, oh, y'all just go on and get drunk a while, and I'm just going to hang on to these life jackets. Look here, that's what I want to say to the world. You can drink all that you got. You can do all that you want to. You can be as bad as you want to. Just give me Jesus. I'll hang on. Now, I ain't here to talk about drinking. I could talk about a long tongue, and it'd be just as bad. Listen to me. Sister Opal said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Just look full in his wonderful face just a minute. Just think about where all your blessings come from. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Woo! Son, if there's anybody in this house ain't arrived, it's me. I'm talking about God done saved me. My name has been written down in heaven. But I like that little song. It said, he's still working on me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that work that I started, it's biblical. You ain't got there either. 
Y'all ain't got to either. I know you so sanctified. No, you ain't. If it wasn't for the grace of God, if the grace of God gets a quarter inch away from you, you're going to bust hell wide open. Get over yourself. This ain't good grammar, but if you was even thinking that way, you're the lostest person in a in church house. Oh, oh, not me. I got it going on. Don't you understand when you stand before God, you're going to stand before absolute holiness? Just one little bad thought's enough to send you to hell. Just one little alt you had against your neighbor. Don't you know a gossiping tongue can't get into heaven? You want to worry about somebody drinking a beer? With your lying self, gossiping self, all in somebody else's business. I don't listen to it no more. They said, if you mind your own business, you won't be minding my. You got plenty to do taking care of your own business. My word. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and just look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this life are going to go strangely dim. Look here. You may be at an age today, I remember. I remember how you sat there and look, you, know, you ain't been through nothing. Boy, it's going to make a whole lot more difference one day when these young folks get children. What, what about you mamas? Had to watch your baby go get on the school bus the first time or, or now, don't, we so blessed, we don't have to do that most of us. We get to care them. Would you ever thought you'd been in that position? You ask the child to run the school bus, and I'm like, I know you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Ain't we done blessed? Yeah. You've got, you got to be. Why? <laughs> I remember my children, Kelly. <laughs> Had a cap on, Eddie Mark Construction, had a truck, Eddie Mark Construction, all over the side. And I helped them, every one of them, build a floats in high school. You know, they, they want to get mad, like, well, Brother Eddie's over there doing all the work for them. I said, okay, y'all get mad at me because I'm loving on these kids. That'd be fine. You can get more trouble loving on children. Shut your mouth. <laughs> hey, watch this. Watch this right here. Kelly, she said, let me out right here, Daddy. I said, the school's way up young. She said, no, this will be fine right here. Well, I'm already, it's a one way. I got to still go by the office. And I go up there by the office and all the other kids, hey, Mr. Eddie, how you doing? I'm just waiting. Hey, y'all, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I said, Kelly, they all love me, but you. <laughs> wow. Things of this world is going to go strangely dim. His love is the chastising love. Look at verse 6 of Hebrews 12. I've had such a good time, I barely could even keep up where I'm at. For whom I love, the Lord loveth. For whom the Lord loveth, he chastises. He scourges every son whom he receiveth. That thing that we think so bad to happen in our life, you was a child of his. If you wasn't a child of his, he might have been trying to draw you. And it's a shame he has to do it that way. Hmm. I think I was saying something about this other night. You remember when your daddy or your mother, whichever one, took that role? They come in there and they, they brought that switch. Uh, I remember mama, if you was raised in the century that I was raised in, she'd say, go get me a switch. Some of y'all don't have a clue what I'm talking about. You're walking out there and you look into this tree. And you know that that, that thing that you're going to bring back in the house, Mr. Ben, is what they're going to wear you out with. And Sherry, you're just trying to, like, I wonder how that feels. I wonder how that's going. I wonder if I need to get a small one or a big one. What, what do I need to do? Do I need to cut a log off and just let them hit me over? What do I need to do with this switch situation? And here you come bringing a switch that's going to whoop you to your loving mama. And then they tell you to bend over. Or better than that, or better than that, they come in there to whoop you. And man, you're running. I, my brother, I'll tell this only again, my brother could run. Daddy would grab children, Sharon back there. I mean, he would run round and round. And daddy would be getting him. Getting him. Running. Daddy getting him. 
Mama would get tickled. <laughs> Mama would start laughing. And Chilton said, my brother said, Mama don't be laughing at me. And Daddy would whoop him more for telling his mama what to do. <laughs> Better than all that, when your parent would take the deal out, and y'all understand it one day when you get children. Man, I was toting my little granddaughter around here this morning. I want to explain this to you. Can you imagine catching me down in one of these rooms, Sherry, whooping Josie? I mean, there's nobody. None of y'all would understand that. I mean, David, can you imagine your son, you catch him over a whooping little trip? Like, son, what could he have possibly done? I mean, we got to talk. I mean, I wouldn't blame y'all for saying like, that's got to be the low-nice man I've seen in my life. He's he whooping Josie. He's talking. He was... It's almost like uh, when you're telling them something like, listen, this highway is dangerous. If you live close to a highway, would you not warn your children? Would you not, if you went out there and you caught them, they was headed straight and you ran as hard as you could run and you, you tackled them down and somebody said, that crazy nut tackled his child out there in the front yard. We were reporting him. And then... <laughs> And then they turn around and say, well, we'll just go back and see. I know who it was. And you go back and see, not only attacked them, but he had them out there in the yard and he was whooping them. <laughs> said, no, no, you, we're turning you in, man. You, we done seen you tackle. And then we come back that crazy, we're beating them. Daddy would pull that belt. He said, son, it's going to hurt me more than you. I said, daddy, you're going to have to pant for your line. I mean, that's not right. It's not right. You'll understand one day what kind, of, what kind of father would it be to let his child either keep running. Yeah. He chastises those he loves. So in closing right here, he chastises those he loves. How much more of God's love do you need? Just let me close. Lord, I got six more things on that piece of paper. Amen. He loves you. Do you understand? All things work together for the good. Then we love the Lord. All things. Now, how much more does he need to love you? Look here. You know, maybe in life, you know, just how much more. Don't make God have to run you down. Don't, don't run another direction at God because his love can't help it. Just like I can't imagine a father seeing a little baby running. Kelly one day was in her front yard and lived at dance when she was running. There was a snake and she was chasing the snake. And I'm scared of a snake. They all rattlesnakes to me. It don't matter what they are. I've been working on houses. I see one in the deal one time, and I done scared the snake, and the snake's tail was hitting the thing. I done scared the snake. And when I looked in there to see what it was, I thought, what is it, wash or whatever it is? What's in there? I was going to put something on the end to cover that up, like a little return thing. And so I looked, and I seen that snake. And when I seen that snake, I just jumped off the extension ladder. I hit the ground, nails went everywhere. I, I went to tell a little old lady of the house. I said, oh, no. I said, you got a rattlesnake. She said, I got all these grandchildren around here. A rattlesnake. I said, yes, ma'am, it's a rattlesnake. It's got... <laughs> Guy down the road, he don't care nothing about no snake. He said, where's the snake at? He goes up there and gets a hole and brings the snake out. He's holding the snake. He said, that's a chicken snake. I said, they all rattlesnakes to me. <laughs> But if Kelly was running toward the snake, would I just say, would I just go on in the house and say, where's Kelly? She's out there running the snake around the yard. <laughs> Is he getting closer to you? God loves you. As we play the invitation this morning, he loves you. Amen. He loves you so much. He'll keep throwing a rope for you. Now look, when he keeps throwing that rope and he quit, keeps, quits loving you, there is a time by your own choice, by your choice, that the Bible said he'll turn you over. You'll be cursed with a curse. And the worst curse in life is, is when you're turned over, that you say, I'm not going to accept it. You done made up your mind in your heart. I'm closing that door, and I'm never going to leave an opportunity for the Holy Spirit ever to prick my heart again. 
through whatever, through you just rebellious. Let me tell you something. You say, how could that happen? You was rebellious. You didn't like the church no way. You didn't like church folks no way. You didn't like nothing about nothing. There come a time, you just bad mouth the church all the time. You just bad mouth church folks all the time. God's love kept coming. And then something happened. And finally on that day, because you had gone ahead in that direction anyway, you said that day, I'm done. Then God stamped it and said, okay, okay. Before you ever died, you was done. You shut the door. He said, I stepped before you an open door. No man can shut that door. But Joshua, you better choose this day whom you're going to serve. This is such a serious thing. Christian folks, if you don't have a Holy Spirit that's keeping you interested in things of God, get you one. He is a good shepherd. Amen? Amen. Isn't it something that you could be here today and you could turn down the Lord? Let me tell you what could happen. You could have a wreck today. You could hit your head. You don't have any capability of ever making a decision ever again. Live another 30 years and die and go to hell. Do you understand? Today could be your last day to ever accept Christ. It doesn't mean you're going to die today. Also, it could be the day that you made up your mind and your heart. I'm not going to. I'm not interested. You know what? It's two kinds of folks today, Brother David. It's folks that said yes to Jesus, and they walk out that door. And then there's another type of folks that they say no to Jesus. There ain't none in the middle. There ain't none in the middle. You know why I preach to you why I preach to you? Because I love you. If I didn't, I'd give me a little three-point message. And you leave here today and you say, you know what? I ain't never thought about that. All I want you to think about is how much Jesus loves you. We got a Sunday school class for the rest. Praise God. Y'all want to stand to your feet? <clears throat> Lord, I truly 